I'm Lieutenant Pat Doring, Crisis Negotiator from TwoGuysTalkingStarWars.com, and you're listening to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast via the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. S.H.I.E.L.D. It's an organization that both exists and doesn't exist all at the same time. For those in the know, S.H.I.E.L.D., the Strategic Homeland Intervention, Enforcement, and Logistics Division, is the counterterrorism and intelligence agency run by Director Nick Fury. Its global reach, with thousands of operatives with differing skill sets across the globe, continues to grow. S.H.I.E.L.D.'s activities have been documented for a long time, both in comic books and feature films. Those legendary tales now transfer to the smaller screen in a weekly series on ABC via Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a chronicle of the findings of a crack team of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. This is the detailed review of those chronicles. Set your life model decoy to take care of life's business for now. It's time for another episode of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast from Two Guys Talking. The ability to have an array of choices in just about everything is a good thing. An app on your phone. Tax avenues every April. Career choices. The fact is that having options is awesome. During this episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 5, Episode 19, Option 2, our team takes a different avenue to a storyline completion. Or do they? Picking your own adventure is almost as fun as when a collectively satisfying one is crafted by the writers, and it's time for the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, a complete detailed and always educational review of each and every episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC and Hulu Streaming. Greetings, everyone. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Nick, some quick housekeeping. Baseball's top 10 greatest feature films. Nick, I know you love you some movies, but do you like baseball movies? If I had to pick a sports movie, it would be baseball movies, yes. What would you pick? Off the top of my head, For the Love of the Game. I think For the Love of the Mm. Game is probably the best baseball movie out there. Yes. Well, I'm not going to tell you whether or not that film is inside this top 10 list podcast, but you can find out a great listing of what is probably the best baseball films, the top 10, no less, over at twoguystalking.com forward slash top 10 baseball. Check those out and be sure to tell us about the ones that you think we missed in regard to baseball cinematic history. The Fugitive Perspective Review. Nick, you're familiar with The Fugitive, are you not? Both the television series and the major motion picture, yeah, yes. The, the television series is a way, way underknown product for sure. Is it available now on a streaming service someplace? I you know I what don't know I that don't it is. I don't think I don't it think is. think it is. I really don't think it is. I, th- I think I have it on whatever the transfer of the VHS tapes was to original D V D. That's how old I have that series. Uh, but it's a great one. Mm-hmm. That that is one that so so few people actually know about. What a lot of people do know about, though, is the feature film starring Harrison Ford slash Han Solo slash insert name of whatever the hell else he's playing <laughs> in the cone of cinema that everybody can instantly gravitate towards and pick out a favorite scene from. Thankfully, we're going to be doing a perspective review, feature film review of that with, again, Officer Tommy Model from the Chicagoland area. He actually knows many of the places that that film was filmed in. Mm. So he's going to get us a bunch of skinny as well as some awesome detail that we've gotten from the local U.S. Marshals Department here in St. Louis 
Uh, it's just going to be phenomenal. I can't wait to share that with everybody else. Let yeah. me know when you do a perspective review of the sequel, U.S. Marshal, starring... Wesley Snipes? And Robert Downey Jr. Oh, that's right. That's so right. Uh-huh. In fact, him as a uh, pseudo villain. Yeah. 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 No, that's, uh, that's actually a great Underrated one. film. Totally underrated film. In fact, you know, there's a lot of Wesley Snipes films that are, I think, completely underrated. Murder at 1600 is one of the other ones that I can think of. Drop Zone is another one that just completely falls off the radar. We always talk about superhero films, but I'll tell you what. I would bet you that nine times out of ten, people will completely forget about... Blade? Blade, right. They will completely forget not only the just, Wesley Snipes. Just like they it. forget about Dre, they forget about Blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that was a, a reference for all my, my rap friends. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's hilarious. Word. Awesome. <laughs> all right, well, we've we've thrown down enough rhymes, enough. We've thrown the spit, so to wiki, speak. Wiki, wiki. Let's get straight to this week's episode review of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Season 5, Episode 19. Option 2. Sponsored by Acoustica's Mixed Craft Recording Software, Bloggers Bug, and the St. Charles Office Center. Another slingshot experience. The front end of this episode opens up with probably one of the thickest exposition scenes I think the series has ever seen. Now, just like everything else inside of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it's delivered so quickly and expertly that it doesn't feel like syrup on the front end of this episode at all. Mm, right. Uh, but it's incredibly good that we're utilizing the the sage-old slingshot theory, this time not around the sun, but to take something and hurl it into the sun. A very interesting option and delivered perfectly with perfect pace and perfect detail. Thank you, giant blue text screen of awesome. Well, yes, yes. We're not we're not trying to travel back in time to save the whales. We're just trying <laughs> to get rid of some gravitonium. Which is, uh, you know what? It's not one of my favorite Star Trek films, but it is It is definitely a fun one. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll glance upon that either. Uh, well, no, I won't glance upon it because I don't have television anymore. But the if I see that rolling through my selection recommendations or like an anniversary of that will come up, that happens often. Or one of the stars dies or something else. Uh, someone will mention that. There's only like back three and, of them left, right? Yeah, something three, like four, that. four yeah. of them? Yeah, yeah four of them are still alive. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, they'll, they'll crop back up, and uh, it's always good to see and, and watch that film. It's got so many different layers inside of it. You don't see, and I know we're completely and totally off the, uh, the, the, the point of, of the review, but you don't see time travel handled like that anymore. You don't. You don't. It, where, and again, this is waxing philosophic completely mm. off topic. But the reason we should definitely talk about it is because there is a wisp in there of almost complete Doctor Strangeness. Hmm. That whole thing with the the milky heads popping up out of the the time goo inside of that film, I think a lot of people completely forget about. Hmm. Everybody kind of... And then everything goes silent. The ship spins around the edge of the sun. And then everything goes milky, chalky white. And then the 3D heads start popping up out of nowhere, leading directly to the 3D whale that pops up, along with the whale song that's popping. And it's expertly handled. It... It doesn't have a lot of tech on the back end. It has about as much tech on the front end with some inserted humor because of the characters that are able to be utilized inside of the feature film. Right. And speeds you directly into what was back then, now, 
i.e. you walk outside and you see exactly the same sky mm. that Captain Kirk and Spock and Chekhov and everybody else gets to look at, look outside and see everything. So it's um, it's a definitive classic. We'll link to it also inside the show notes for this episode. And if there's something inside of that film that struck you as something that needs to be recognized, let us know what you think by going over to our website. It's agentsofshield.tv and send us in something strange like notation about an old Star Trek film. The stashed tick again. I did not remember him having a stash when we first saw him at the beginning of this season-ish. Did he have a stash on the last time? I didn't remember seeing a stash on him the first time that we saw him this season. And inside of his reveal, inside of this section of this episode, it both times, might he has this monster. I, 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 I get, yeah, but you also got to remember that was the 70s, too. So well, I'm going to say that, yes, he did have a giant stash the first time. Okay. And if uh, I'm wrong, I'm sure there's a listener out there that'll say that we're wrong. Absolutely lambast Nick for his, yeah. his not being able to remember a Please huge stash. Do. <laughs> the Candyman cometh again. Way too short, but there he is. Some delicious, awesome Jake Busey again. And it was great to see him. Just, again, way too short. Jake Busey's star is rising rapidly uh, over the last two years. Uh, not only do we have him appearing in this, uh, he was on the show, the the TV adaptation of From Dust Till Dawn as a reoccurring character. He's also going to be a reoccurring character in the next season of Stranger Things that hmm. was just announced. Okay. He's joining the cast along with Carrie Elwes. Mm, like Carrie uh, Elwes. Top Shots. Right. <laughs> Princess Bride. Thank you, Princess Bride. You're welcome. I wanted, to say, I wanted to say As You Wish, Saw, <laughs> if, if you want to go the horror route. <laughs> I don't. Uh, but uh, And Jake Busey is also, also joining the uh, Predator family. Later this year, he will be appearing in Shane Black's The Predator mm-hmm. as, ironically enough, the son of Gary Busey's character from Predator Two. Mm. So that's very interesting. I, I, I glad I, to see Jake Busey back again in the limelight because there's just something about him. Yeah, he's got he's got that. I don't know what to call it. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right. You're absolutely right. All is not well in Shield Team HQ. Boy, it all goes to hell real quick here, doesn't it? I, again, the the pace and roller coaster that is this show, that delivers believable roller coaster rides, I think every single episode so far this season, maybe with the exception of one episode. But I think that, that I think there so, might have been one or two episodes this season that uh, the pacing was a little bit off. This one, I almost I was actually almost annoyed at everybody getting on each other's nerves and mm-hmm. bickering back and forth. I'm like. This isn't my show. What? Why are Why are we all acting out of character? Our characters really haven't had an an opportunity to decompress, decompress. Mm-hmm. for almost three seasons, right? Or even take in anything that has actually happened. We 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 have stumbled past Yo Yo getting her arms cut off so quickly, you know. And now it's seven, eight episodes later, and oh well, well shake it off, girl. We've, we've also stumbled past <laughs> the fact that we were shunted into the future. Yeah. 
And just before that, we were all trapped in a virtual world run by, a, you know, a, a robotic Nazi. Mm -hmm. And just before that, we were dealing with, oh, oh, yeah, that's right. The dark chocolate tome that was going to open up, it was going to blast a hole into limbo. And yeah. we were dealing with a ghost rider. You yeah. know, it's it's... We have not had a time to stop since almost the beginning of season four. Yeah. And this is really all bubbling over now. Yeah. To yeah, where right. looking back on it, oh, yeah, of course, we this ha this needed to happen mm -hmm. because there's not going to be any, any more time moving forward for this to happen. Right. So. I, I like that they are poking holes here. As much as I love our team getting together and solving the problem slash accomplishing the mission blah that's awesome but being able to see where the cracks develop especially after last episode where you do have mm -hmm. that absolutely left turn into the embankment at the end of the episode and i i thought it was terribly appropriate but also a, an excellent piece of stop take a snapshot and talk about it because all is not well inside of agents of shield team hq right deathlock and garrett tech are colson's future Wow. Holy mind spin. The all you have to do is say the words Deathlock and Garrett together and then give me this tiny little lady finger size sandwich <laughs> of what we've gone through and instantly the mind reels of what's to come. Because for those that have forgotten Bill Paxton's onset as Garrett inside of this series was one for the ages and probably one of the most unsung television appearances I think of all time. I, I doubt we can probably go to somebody that isn't agents of shield bound and go, Hey man, are you a bill Pax fan? They're going to go, Oh yeah, man, aliens game over game over, man. No, I totally get it. But you need to go look and see what bill did inside of inside of the season where he was included as Garrett inside the series, because you want to talk about one of the all time. You got to be kidding me moments. Uh, the, the whole foundation of the S.H.I.E.L.D. Hydra infusion slash mm, yeah. overtake. The foundation petals of the flower that became Winter Soldier. If it wasn't oh, for just, if it wasn't for Bill Paxton, and I'm not even talking about the character of Garrett. If it wasn't for Bill Paxton being cast in that role and having a reoccurring character halfway through season one of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the show wouldn't have lasted. Yeah. You yeah. put an actor who can take a character in a genre show and give him life mm -hmm. not just play a character but give him life it's not bill paxton playing a character it's this is a character who happens to be played by bill paxton yes i agree with that the other cool part is the whole the whole total spill onto the guy that became hive what is what is his name? Ward. 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 The his, total, his connection the, with Ward. Yeah, yes. The, the total spill onto Ward inside of the series was also just it's genius level mm -hmm. writing. In that now not only do we have this wonderful nugget of wait a minute, you gotta be kidding me for both of these characters, the whole stair stepping that you then have with Ward, then Hive, then everything that they be they both became inside of this series. All that becomes magical in in the iterations of the evolving seasons. And so, again, a total way too soon nod of the hat to Bill Paxton and to the writers for mentioning what might actually happen here because that, that is what can keep Coulson around. Asterisk. A giant ship arriveth. Wow. A third time now. Once here, 
once over in Thor Ragnarok, and then again here. And I love all of this because it helps to tie what's going to happen, slash did happen, since both you and I have now seen Infinity War. But, but all of that is all tethered to this space travel cosmic nest that's happening. And if you'd have told me five, even just five years ago of the ten we've been inside of Marveldom, that you would be able to weave in without, with, with no missing breath at all, all of the space cosmos goonie, I would have looked at you and laughed and said, no way. Au contraire, mon frere, there's no way you're going to be able to spill this Captain America fan, this Spider-Man fan, this guy that, quote, loves the Marvel Universe into all that goony cosmos space crapola that they've got. And look at me. Guardians of the Galaxy is now one of my favorite properties. Them appearing inside of Infinity War, no spoilers here, is phenomenal. Wonderfully done, a great showcase of the characters and their puzzle piece ability inside of any single character line. It's all wonderfully done, and I would have never thought that we'd see all that. I don't agree with you. I was never worried. Never worried. You go back five years ago and tell me we were going to get some space shit? I mean, bring it on. I love the cosmic stuff in Marvel comic books. And the fact that they've been able to transfer that into, into film doesn't surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just so glad that they have. Oh, well, yeah. Well, because, you can't. Because you can't, what, you can't ignore that that half of the universe where the comic books are concerned mm-hmm. for every home and this run, movie this movie actually kind of proves that you can't right well for every home run that there has been and i have to give you about every single moment of every single guardians of the galaxy entry multi portions of all the thor films regardless of which one you, you take all of that and i think with the only exception where i thought it was goonie was the gold princess queen woman a couple of iterations inside of the scenes with her and whomever else that I thought were kind of, you know, what? But the way that they spilled in the rest of that, it works out perfectly. Uh, but that's the only speed bumps that I can think of inside of that entire process. Well, we know I've, I've talked about aliens and, and how they've looked and how they're represented in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, mostly on this show, mm-hmm. and how they're not really that definitive. They all just look human with a different coat of paint on them. Yeah. And the, and I can't remember, the Sovereign. That's what they were called, the Sovereign. Yeah, that's from right. the mm-hmm. beginning of uh, Sovereign Guardians. Citizens. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> from the beginning of Sovereign uh, Citizens. Yeah. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume yeah. 2. Mm-hmm. Gold people, just like the Kree. Blue people. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's the attitude of the people that makes them alien. Was a little bit silly. Well, yeah, of course, it's a bunch of bunch of gold people running around. Right. But it, but it all fits right in squarely right. inside the the cone of Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Infinity War is a perfect sample. Again, no spoilers here. But for those that are thinking you're going to Guardians of the Galaxy for some sort of laugh factory fest, you're going to get all kinds of wonderful comedy. But let's be plain. It is in your face sandwich. Oh, you you're going to get everything. <laughs> you, you're going to laugh. It is the Dagwood. You're going to cry. Film. Yeah, you're it, gonna scream at the you're gonna throw your popcorn at the screen, going, "Come on!" Yeah, it's it, it is the Dagwood sandwich of everything that is Marvel. Uh, totally appreciated, and the only way it's even more appreciated is that it's the first of two parts. Wonderfully done. Make sure you get your ass out to war. When in doubt, listen to the whole menu. I know I am not the only person who has need to needed to 
redial a freaking phone number because I get caught inside of a phone tree and I'm just not patient or I've got my Bluetooth headset on and I'm not patient or whatever and I'm not patient or, you know, sunspot, whatever, whatever, whatever the reason. <laughs> uh, but this is another example, uh, really an incredible sample of why when in doubt, be patient and listen to the rest of the menu. Uh, I love that they've taken the name of this episode from this because it really does paint a wonderful piece of portrait. What it also reminds me of almost entirely, and this is actually just coming to my brain now, but I should have thought about it before. This reminds me very much of the storyline of, say, any one of a number of different role-playing games that I'd created inside of a... We created a game called Star Trek Prime. Mm. And Star Trek Prime was a very figure slashed weapons fire slash action based role playing game based on the prime directive line of Star Wars role playing that was made available back in the 90s late 90s and it was totally fun the only thing that was more fun was building the the entire four foot by four foot dioramas and I had five or six of them Mm. so the four foot by four foot dioramas built into 3D settlements and volcanoes and all this other stuff that I had and the, the whole funny har har was that when you would shoot weapons each weapon would have a distance and the distance was based on a rod that was painted a different color so that you could literally go can I shoot over there and make it or not well you take the rod and now you have what is essentially the ability to hit or not hit Uh. and then it's just a die roll and the whole benefit of the game was that Everybody loves to die roll. Everybody loves to story play. Rolling for dexterity. Yeah. Everybody yeah. loves that. Nobody loves the sit and pour over books and find details and blah. As much as you love remembering those things, nobody wants to sit there while somebody spends 25 minutes researching something. Right. Well, uh, yeah. It's not fun. And so that's why we developed Star, Star Trek Prime. To take advantage of one of my friend's incredible detailed figurines building skill sets uh, my creative skill sets with story writing but then also my ability to make this super crafted four foot by four foot board mm. that could then be interlocked with another four by four board that I made that all fit in the back of my truck and we could go anywhere locally to game as long as we wanted and because right. they were essentially sectionals so you could take one of any of the sectionals and you'd have a different terrain but then you could also merge them together so it could be different parts of a planet during a story. Yeah, It was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I remember role-play gaming as a completely separate world where I you literally can lose yourself in how much creativity you want to get. And I think that's what I really got out of it. Uh, not so strangely, that habit also died when I got into podcasting because it's just a matter of picking what, can, what you can choose to take your time and do and or how much money it can make you. Mm-hmm. And so I found my way there. Anyway... I will find some pictures of some of the old figurines that Robert DeVoe, my friend, made, and they are exquisite. They are singularly impressive, and I remember so many hours upon hours spending time over classic dice that fit into any game, but more importantly, classic stories that remain forever. Anyway, but back to the topic point here. Uh, the bottom line is that we don't wait for the third one, which is the alien invasion option, and we go for option two, which is the nuclear explosion slash, oh, oh my God, what are we going to do moment? And I guess it turns out okay, but imagine if you had had some patience and the alien intrusion button had gotten flipped instead. Right. This is probably the only real moment of comedy in an episode filled with 
peril. Just yeah. just peril around every corner. Yeah, that's legit. That's legit. Uh, there there might have been a handful of uh, dialogue exchanges between characters throughout that that were humorous, could be taken humorously. This is the only flat out. Oh, this this is a moment of comedy. This is this is the boyfriend girlfriend yelling at each other. <laughs> you, you always wait to listen to the whole menu. I was impatient. I always picked number two. No, this uh, I I actually kind of wish I I could have seen what the lighthouse was capable of in the event of an alien invasion. Uh, that's well said. Uh, this is also one of the very few times that we actually get an outdoor look. Yeah. I thought that that was great, too, giving us something that uh, is, is also a completely different look than what we've seen before is something mm. I also like. Right. Where it's not just a graphics card overlay that has been used umpteen times before that, hey, let's throw it in here since it's appropriate. It is something separate that gives us another flavor and layer of what we're taking advantage of as they pan up and see the ship. And a quick reminder to everybody, guys, listen to the whole menu. Another gold yo-yo max scene. You and I can dive deep into it if you want, but I'm telling you, these are some of my favorite dialogue pieces I think of movie and television history. And it's because they're real. I don't feel anything that I hear from either of them as being disingenuous, especially because of what happened last episode. The, the, the meat of the argument that Matt lays on about the whole being locked in a room thing, the real pieces of conversation here that were clearly written by either people that have had arguments like this mm. or where they can bounce the concepts off of the writer's room and go, would it make sense if they said blah, 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 and somebody goes, yeah, really would. Or no, no, it wouldn't. Let's try something different. And then laying down what makes sense. It's just, it's a master stroke of writing here. I love it. Well, the writers have definitely got a handle on each of the individual relationships that mm. are going on mm -hmm. in the show. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this this exchange between Yo-Yo and Mac because it may be their last. Mm. We don't know the state of their relationship after this moving forward. It's They're definitely on rocky terrain. When you've got two very opinionated personalities... It's kind of hard. There's supposed to be that give and take in a relationship, but there are some things you just can't give and there's some things you just can't take. And this this couple may just be at its breaking point. I'm interested to see where we go with the last remaining episodes of this season. I'm super curious to know where it's going to go too. Sure is a good thing there are extras. <laughs> wow. Yeah. When in doubt, insert red shirts and a couple of red shirts, three, I think, here. Uh, they get it big. What I love, though, is that they're, it's done with purpose to show uh, com complete peril. Each time one is taken out, it's not just to have yet another guy die. It's to make sure that you understand that just around the corner or within eye reach, there is some very serious problem. And I appreciate that because making it purpose-bound rather than just, oh, look, Jenkins got killed. Oh look, Smith is dead around the corner. That's not what this is. These are these are all purposeful dispatches as showcased by people that we've actually seen doing things in previous episodes. Yeah. And so it it really does begin to stack the peril that you'd mentioned already. Well, we get to we get to see the these creatures in action, but it's really Deke's ex explanation of what these things are because, you know, they're in the future too. 
we've come across them before and you, you, you don't defeat them. You give them what they want and you pray that they don't kill you. Love that as a peril moment that, too. We don't I get mean, that much. Yeah, you 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 have that 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 explanation from a character who's survived an attack from these things mm-hmm. only because they gave them what they wanted, mm-hmm. and then just just seeing the carnage in the beginning of the invasion just shows the, the amount of peril. The threat level is is all the way up on this one, and the fact that. We never even get a real clear explanation of what these things are. I I know they're called the Marauders, but what the hell are they? You know, are are they insectoid? I mean, they've got human-looking eyes. Mm -hmm. They look like they've got some sort of apparatus over their their faces. They look like they've got black hair, but then everything else is, is questionable. Are they wearing clothing? Is that an exoskeleton? Where is that blade actually coming out of? From their actual hand, is it is it on top of the hand like Wolverine's mm-hmm. claws might come out? Mm-hmm. We never get a chance to actually see because, well, they operate in the dark as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Very interesting bad guys to toss into yeah. this this almost completely bottle episode where we're stuck in the lighthouse. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you know, as I say on Two Guys Talking Horror, don't be afraid of the dark. Be afraid of what's in the dark when these things can actually create their own darkness. Yeah. 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 Peril up the butt. Yeah. I thought that this was great for that. And what I appreciate is that it's really good tension stretch, too. It's not, there aren't a whole bunch of gotcha jump cuts inside of this to be gotcha jump cuts. And you cuts. don't need it. I mean, right. Yeah. Well, you that's don't, what I'm you saying. don't need those. I, I think that the vast majority of movies that use that, mm. they don't. They, they really don't. It's put in there because it's a piece of a formula currently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know that I appreciate it when it's not there. That the the old sage thing you and I always talk about, which is your mind will do the work way worse than yep. anything you can possibly see on screen. And so let the mind do the work. And there's a lot of that inside of this episode for sure. I also think that digging into the bag of, okay, well, we need another bad guy that's not anything that we've seen, but something that um, Deke's got to be familiar with. Mm-hmm. Cool. Done. Loved it. The real question is, is how many agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. are we going to have left after all this? Because <laughs> they're dropping like flies. Yeah, yeah. Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Talbot won't leave? Interesting. Wasn't sure where this was going. We get to the obvious end of it as we get to the end of the episode. But it was very interesting that he would not get into gear I, I, I'm, I'm trying to draw on the little story bits that I can remember and you know obviously I'm shamed I couldn't hold my own I was broken I think I get all of that uh, so there's still a little well, bit he's, of that he's at this point he's at this point to where now it's I can't tuck tail and run after everything I've done I have to I have to fix this this is all my fault yeah. I have to fix this Yeah. but he's still dealing with the fact that mentally he is still a little broken Yeah. yeah, yeah a lot broken a lot broken right Right. So, moving forward, I, underst- I understand what he wants to do. The fact that he goes about it the way that he goes about is a direct result of the fact that he is broken. If he was old, good old General Talbot, he, he would have made half the choices that he made during mm-hmm. this episode. Yeah. Would have made completely different choices and probably would have ended up dead. Mm-hmm. So, it works out for, for the best for now, moving forward, I don't know. Cuffed? In front? 
It's not always the downfall of everything when I see it, but pretty close. And so when Talbot, the guy that just used the child as a shield, is not handcuffed in front, regardless of what's going on, regardless of what has happened, I am dubious. And my being dubious was not wrongly placed. I feel that had there not been an alien invasion going on, a a self-contained alien invasion going on in the lighthouse that he would have been cuffed with his hands behind his back Mm -hmm. but since there was peril i believe yo-yo cuffed him in the front so that he was still able to kind of sort of defend himself Mm. that is the only explanation that can be given for anybody being cuffed in front because I'm sorry, you cuff a bad guy from the front, of course he's going to do something later on in the story. He's going to do something that's going to cause harm to somebody else because Mm -hmm. guess what? He's got his hands. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't think she was looking at him as the villain Talbot who just tried to kidnap a kid. It was, we have a situation, I need to move you, but I can't completely trust you. So instead of watching you like a hawk with both eyes... I'm going to handcuff you in the front so I only have to watch you with one eye. I can kind of get behind that. It's not the best writing, but at least it it does have an explanation. Yeah, this reminds me of something that you and I also saw last week. I think it was post our show. Anyway, we were watching uh, another episode of Because Science. Ah, yes. And what we got into was what would it actually be like if you had super speed ability? And what a lot of people forget about is that Sure, it'd be really cool if I had super speed and I wanted a soda pop around the corner. Yeah, that would be awesome. I'd go and blink of an eye, I'd have a soda pop in my hand, I'd crack it open and have a nice cold drink. Yeah. Yep. Yep, absolutely true. The problem is that you have to remember that you now have to have the senses to be able to use that speed. And this is another really great sample of that. So that let's say Talbot isn't handcuffed at all. I mean, if she's super speedy, why would he need to be? And the answer is because she would need some perception that something is going wrong. Like if he's going to, is he going to smack her in the back of the head and try to knock her out or something? Mm. Okay. So how much time would she need and or have if that were to happen? Would it be able to happen because she's a speedster or not? That's something a lot of people forget about inside of a storyline like this. Bottom well, line well let us, let us, yeah, but let us also not forget because science puts the science base on everything. Right. Taking the wonder of the word fantasy mm-hmm. out of everything. Yeah. So when you try to explain every little thing, you take the wonder out of it. Oh, yeah. It's a comic book show. Right. She's an inhuman, which means she's part human, part alien, and she has this ability to be able to yinkity yankity back and forth in weird directions that we still don't understand, understand. about. Right, right. So when you actually try to think about it, it takes the fun out of it. Yes, that's why I don't. Th- I, that's why I don't try to think about it. Right. Well, and, and again, the only reason that I mentioned that is because that would be yet another reason. If you could know, regardless, as long as I guess he's in your cone of vision, if you are super fast, then you really don't need to handcuff him. Because what is he going to do? Is he going to try and bash you on the head? Well, it doesn't make any difference because yeah. you'll move. But then again, so, if she's super fast, why doesn't she take some sort of sharp object and slingshot herself? Forward, where the bad guy creatures are, stabby stab, and stabby stab, and come yeah. back. Okay, well, we're safe. It's because they're in the dark, and she doesn't see in the dark. Uh, but I can feel them all around me. 
you've been in a room probably unused to That's working what in a nightclub. She said, "I can no, feel I get them all it, though, dude." Me. But you you've been in a room where you thought, "Man, there's this room really is filled," and then you get a gaze of what exactly you're looking at around you, and it's way more than what you thought. Right. Every, everybody's had that. I don't know what, but they've had it. So, right. Well, I, again, maybe even not even stabby stab. If you can feel them all around, get yourself a big crowbar and just How start about wailing. Fire? Why can't you just light, light them on fire? Why can't, why can't you do the whole get a lighter and use or, a or she has a spray, robotic a hands? Can. Why not just crunch crunch like can crunch can of can of badness? Just yeah, no, totally true. In fact, how about ripping out the razor sharp whatevers? Because hey, they're just go. robot arms, right? You know, if we had Quake, she'd go liquefy mode on them. <laughs> so we've got Yo Yo with really, robot li- arms. Li- she can go crush it, crush it, li- liquefy hallway. I would push that button all day long. There you go. One foot razor knives, and they can see in the dark. I love when they keep adding on things of the abilities of these things because it instantly amps up the game of what can and will or could transpire inside of not only the episode but in the future if and or they come back. Well, you make it you you almost create an enemy that is impossible to beat. They fight in the dark. Okay, well, then just keep the lights on. Ah, well, they also affect electricity. So they actually have their own little mini EMPs inside of them that takes away electricity around them. Mm -hmm. So you can't use any kind of technology to see them or to fight them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, okay. Oh, and by the way, there's these foot-long blades that pop out of their hands that they use to just skewer you. Oh, so I can't see them. I have nothing that works to, to fight them except for randomly shooting into the dark. And, oh, they don't even have to be right at me to kill me. They could be a foot away and just go, shlink. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Freaking aliens, man. <laughs> Talbot's going to get infused? Well, there goes our Red Hulk hopes and yeah. dreams. And I mean, like, out the window, I guess. Just totally out the window. I was... And at 100%, too. Yeah. I I was sufficiently okay with all of this. What I would have liked to have seen, and it's not a regret, and it's definitely not a ding inside the story. It's I'm curious to see where they're going to take it. What I was looking for was something altered, though. Something. Anything. Mm. Haircut. That his beard had become more... Something. A, Hair should something. have gone white or gray or something like that. Something. I was looking for some sort of... Or a streak of, of gray or something like that. Because some look, sort of look at Ruby. She had 8% in her and she looked like she was going to be ripped apart and they stopped the process. Yeah. Here's an adult man with absolutely no special hydro juice inside of him. Yeah. And he takes 100% and he walks away all gravitoned. Yeah, uh, I, there, I, there I, needed to be some I was looking transformation for, than just, hey, look, look what I'm doing with my hands. Oh, yeah. crunch. Yeah. So, something that I saw again accidentally yesterday was inside of the stream of just letting Netflix play. I was once again made aware of the third X-Men film, The Last Stand. And inside of the last cessation of The Last Stand... I know, I know. I, I, I try to outlive the horror. Anyway, toward, as you get towards the end of that, what you have is the juggernaut appearing. And inside the juggernaut appearing, what you have are, I don't know how many people know this, but you have fake arms 
and fake torso for the juggernaut. And not that I was looking for that from Graviton slash Talbot, but I was looking for something extraordinary. You shove 100% of what's inside of that kills everybody else at 8% slash nobody wants to touch it. And I want to see something different. I don't want to see the same guy kind of floating. I, I, I really do want yeah, to see something. Yeah, there needed to be there needed to be some sort of transformation. Even now, if he, what, what does Graviton look like? And by the way, I know nothing of Graviton except that we've mentioned him inside of potential storylines inside of previous stories. What does Graviton look like inside of the comics if we were going to go and grab one of the feature sets of Graviton? Ironically enough, the, he he actually just made an appearance. Uh, I want to say about six months ago, in an in an issue of uncanny avengers mm. and he's got long hair and a beard how long uh, like, not like long yanni? long no like not yanni? no not yanni. Okay. not like yanni uh scraggly scruffy because he's usually kept in stasis so like martin riggs inside a lethal weapon uh there you go maybe maybe a little bit shorter little short. but the thing is okay. though is that talbot looks as disheveled as yeah. graviton disheveled usually does yeah when he shows up, because he usually shows up, he's just broken out because somebody forgot to press A on the, do you, would you like to keep on sedating this patient button? <laughs> option two, option and, two. Exactly, option two. <laughs> and and he wakes up and, and goes and, and causes uh, great, great peril and harm. Mm. Uh, and he's, uh, the uniform that he wears is very superhero generic. It's It's all white with blue trimming and he has a cape because, you know, comic books. Of course, he's gonna have a cape. The look, his look has changed uh, bits and pieces over the over time. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll pull up some uh, some shots from his comic book uh, iteration to show. Yeah, this is this is a comic book bad guy, I and did. then here we go. We've got, and you think remember he also he was a scientist mm -hmm. before he became Graviton. Yeah, so. He was a little musky. His body did change. Mm -hmm. He he had a bigger body. and This is a definitive call to the audience, then. We're curious what you guys think. Are Nick and I just kind of shooting the moon here where we want to actually have some physical transformation, be it small or large? I don't care. Something. You know, silver shoes, something. He needs, <laughs> a, he needs <laughs> to have something. Maybe maybe like a crackle around him, a, a crackling aura. Leaving dents in his footsteps. power or something, something, you know? Yeah, something. Needs to be something there, uh, and we're wondering what you think. Go to our website over at agentsofshield.tv. Click on anywhere on the right-hand side, fill out that quick web form, and tell us what you think. Insta-crush control. Thank you, Magneto. Yeah. Well, and what I really love about what was going on with Ruby before she was summarily executed <laughs> was that she touches the face of the one she loves. And just like Tommy Boy, it gets crushed and dead. And that's the way it's supposed to work until you learn how to use your powers. That is how things work. It, it is, oh my. Or maybe that's 8%. Something. Maybe 100% is you got control. control. I, maybe, maybe I, I, I don't know. Oh, and that's actually, that's well said. That you, if you maybe, take, and maybe it is. If you could take 100% control and walk out and nothing's awry, then that's, you're good on you. Awesome. Uh, bottom line, though, is that we are given that out of the box with upgraded Talbot. I'm not entirely sure what to call him. Uh, with upgraded Talbot. Yeah. Upgraded Until Talbot. somebody calls him Graviton, we'll just keep calling yeah. him upgraded Talbot. Yeah. Uh, upgraded Talbot is able to 
at will, crush what he wants to, put in place whatever he wants to, and have everything done, period, paragraph, and push to the end of the episode. And I'm super curious to see where they take that. Typically, that's usually a ding that I would throw at a, at a series like this, but we're, we're, we're completely outside the box at this point. Mm-hmm. And then Nick's point, I think, is probably one I wouldn't have even have thought of, in that if he's able to take on that much, then there's something else going on that we can't account for, i.e. you can't possibly account for the skill set either, so shut up, and I shall. Well, and that's the thing. We've got two consciousnesses mm. trapped inside the Gravitonium, now existing inside of a man who was broken, but doesn't seem to be broken anymore. Mm-hmm. He seems to have gotten his head on straight Centered. this time. Yeah. The cheese has returned to the cracker. Mm-hmm. We think. Right, but is it Havarti or is it <laughs> sharp <laughs> exactly. cheddar? Yeah. Yeah. More of a Gouda. Gouda. No, so not so Gouda. <laughs> Nothing Gouda is going to happen. Exactly. We That's don't know. That's the name know. of the next episode. Yeah, not so Gouda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing Gouda is going to happen yeah, here. Uh, uh, we may find out that bad things are in store for our, mm. our crew because, well, guess what? I, I think we've just met the Destroyer of Worlds. Hmm. Mm. Uh, Because if Quake isn't going to shimmy, shake, and rattle and roll the Earth apart, upgraded Talbot sure as hell could. Mm. Because let us not forget his exit with Phil Coulson just going straight up out of the lighthouse to, uh, I I would assume, to go face the alien threat head Mm. on. Mm. The stash tick reappeareth. There he is again. Another wonderful book. Letting bookend. us all know that everything is okay. You have survived the fallout. And Go now out. All the doors will open. Open fresh Go and air. Be right. It was great. Get me some epic mustache wax. <laughs> I, again, another wonderful tip of the hat to whomever said, you know what? Let's get Patrick Walburton get in Patrick here for Walburton a day. We'll record some crap, some some wacky stuff of him saying weird things, and boom, we're done. All he's got to do now is go. Okay, I'm a man that likes doing things on my own, just like self appendix surgery. It's funny how how awesome. in one episode we can have Patrick Walburton and Jake Busey, mm. and mm. The, and it's still called Agents and, of Shield, and no sandwich that slid off the plate. That's awesome. right. No, I That's totally right. agree with that. Speaking of which, we're going to slide off the plate here as we go to break during oh season season 5, episode 19, option 2. We'll be right back. Hostage and crisis negotiations are some of the most demanding jobs in law enforcement. I'm Pat Doring, crisis negotiator. And inside my new book, Crisis Cops, you'll learn more about the perspective I and my fellow negotiators experience when it comes to bridge jumpers, a hostage taker, or those who are contemplating suicide. From origin stories from the initial beginnings of hostage crisis negotiations across the country to the art form that has become today, you'll learn all about it inside of Crisis Cops, the evolution of hostage negotiations in America. Order it now at twoguystalking.com slash crisiscops. That's twoguystalking.com slash crisiscops. When it comes to security and law enforcement procedures, there's no such thing as too much information. Come get your free helping of free field training from Officer Tommy Model now at freefieldtrainingpodcast.com. That's freefieldtrainingpodcast.com. 
The Two Guys Talking Podcast Bug, a truly original autonomous mobile recording solution. Get bit by the podcast bug. www.podcastbug.com Do you remember the movie, Code of Silence? If you don't, Chuck Norris wouldn't tolerate it, and you'd already be dead. Check out the perspective review of 1985's Code of Silence, where we tell you what Hollywood got right, what Hollywood got wrong, and clearly, where Hollywood wanted to evoke Chuck Norris's wrath. Check it out now at whatcopswatch.com. That's whatcopswatch.com. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can, with perpetual advertising. Here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even after your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment. Real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort right now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. Everyone, welcome back to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, a complete, detailed, and always educational review of each and every episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC. This time, it's Season 5, Episode 19, Option 2. Every time we come back from break, it's time to open up our S.H.I.E.L.D. dossiers. Our S.H.I.E.L.D. dossiers is where Nick and I find something interesting inside the episode that was either an actor's portrayal, a twisty-turny storyline piece, or something else that tripped our collective review night fantastic. Nick, what have you got? My S.H.I.E.L.D. dossier is filled with things that we don't talk about in the actual review of the show, mm. which uh, which is becoming a trend. <laughs> and it helps. I mean, it really I does help. It really who does wants, help. Who wants retread? Uh, exactly. Unless, unless, unless it's really the good. retread is really good, yeah. Right. Uh, I'm not retreading anything here. This is something we didn't talk about. This I is the will stinger for the oh, end of the yes. episode. Yes. Very important. The simple fact that Daisy, on her quest to find a cure to keep Agent Coulson alive, which I fully support secretly. Secretly, <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Not only does she have the information that uh, Jake Busey's character, the Candyman, has provided her. We've got some callback to season one, episode one, with the centipede serum that was being used by all of our bad guys in the beginning of season one. Mm -hmm. But now we also have to go and track down an alien element to add to it. And guess where we end the episode? Daisy's digging up mama. Yeah. What the hell, yeah. man? Big, big, giant That's question huge. Mark. It's beyond huge. It, th this this stacks up right up there with probably any other post credit scene that I think has been offered. Mm. It, it's that big a nugget inside of the Agents of Shield storytelling. 
Hey, really? I mean, across the board. Especially for this show. This this is huge. Yeah. And for it being her character doing it mm-hmm. says volumes on how much she cares about Phil Coulson. Because, I mean, her finding her parents was her whole motivation for the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you find out, oh, well, my mom is a half-human, half-alien, kind of, sort of, immortal who's kind of a bitch. And my dad is a psycho, crazy, uh, likes to uh, wear... Wear sisters' t-shirts. Tiny, and tiny shirts and... Fake eyebrows. And doesn't pluck his eyebrows <laughs> when he when he takes his, his rage pills. <laughs> so for, for Daisy to be digging up her mother for that last little bit of ingredient to save Coulson, hopefully save Coulson, possibly save Coulson, Man, that's that's big. That's huge. I yeah. cannot wait for the next episode to find out how uh, how, how digging that up uh, pans out. Yeah, I'm super curious on that. I, I think uh, my shield dossier has got to be referring to something that we didn't see this episode, that makes it even more interesting to see where and or if she's going to show back up. Where the hell is Hale? No reference at all inside this episode. And I mean, I'm not looking for her to be standing over a console giving orders or something. Right, right. But what I am looking for is what, you know, the the last thing that we got from inside of last episode's stinger mm-hmm. was that it's time to take the gloves off and I don't care really what happens Shield's anymore. got your gravitonium. If you want it, go take it. I'm not going to stop you. And so I, I, I know it's just my, my, in, my sincere enthusiasm for the character and actress but I'm super curious to know what exactly, what awaits her now? Is she just fodder now where they go, um, we need the uh, box of glasses over in that little storage container that says airlock on it. Would you mind going to get them quick? And out the window she goes or something. I don't yeah. know. But I, I'm super curious to know when and or if she's going to reappear, not just in this season, but like in the series at all. It would be a wonderful little nugget to tuck away and see if there can be some either revenge or I I will find a way to make sure that I am the one on top of this entire sandwich equation of what's happened to my family and I. Well, there's only three there's three possibilities. Either A, she's still on the alien ship mm-hmm. with the alien dude. Mm-hmm. Two, she was sent back to her base and she's cleaning out her desk and packing up her dead daughter's stuff. Or she's dead i'm hoping for either option a or b mostly option a i don't <laughs> really? want yes really? exactly okay. i don't want option i don't want option two or three i would like to oh. see her <laughs> well oh. since you said that well, well yeah i would i would like to see her still maybe <laughs> maybe in uh in some sort of holding cell on the alien ship something yeah something I, like that i i definitely want to see her revisited uh and again it's mostly because of my adoration of i don't her want her to her end to be off camera i don't i don't right. uh, the, i, I have don't, more respect for not yes. only the actress but her character that she's played i don't want to line we want in to have next an season, ending yeah sh- i want to see it yeah i don't want a line in next season that says yeah well too bad for hail i don't want that you know, walking along that trail and falling off that cliff <laughs> She was sucked out of an airlock. I think you mean blown. I don't have any interest. I don't think <laughs> right. that's what we need in the next no. season. I don't think so. Anyway, that's where we ask you guys. So it's inside of your dossier for this episode. Season 5, episode 19, option 2. Tell us what you think by going to our Facebook presence. That's facebook.com slash shield podcast. 
chime in on any one of the threads that's there or start one of your own. Bah, the rating. The rating will go probably the I'm way... I'm going to leave my life model rating. decoy to do that, and I'm oh, leaving yeah, I'm leaving ya. the podcast Bye-bye. right now. See you. That was, that, was a, that was a horrible imitation Hello. of me walking I away. I am the life model decoy of Mike Wilkerson. <laughs> it's now time to take over the rest of the podcast because Mike and Nick have gone for a spot of tea slash sandwich at Denny's. <laughs> Hello, Nick's life. No, we're not going to do that. No, no. All right, anyway, so... The, that was last season. That was last season. That's right. That was last season. Awesome. The scale works thusly. A 10 is on top of the heap. Selecting the appropriate option, which, by the way, was supposed to be option three. That's right. One is on the bottom. Not so hot. Not explaining everything that needs to be explained quickly and sufficiently. Everything starts at a seven as an average. The numbers go up with positives. The numbers go down with negatives. And Nick, as always, everybody say it with me. There, there are, are no halvesies. Nick, what do you got? Welcome to another 10 episode, folks. What else do you want me to say? Nope, that's good, because I'm going to say 10 also. There we go. See? 10. The, the bottom line of everything when we finish an episode like this is that we have talked in episodes that have taken us much longer than about an hour, which is what this will eventually be cut right. down to. Yep, yep. The bottom line is that when we can get succinct and point by point and run through an episode this quickly, succinctly, and still be so satisfied... Mm-hmm. I love it when programming like this fires on all thrusters. It reminds me very much of every time I accidentally, on a whim, totally without any inference or education, find a gold nugget inside of my streaming video experiences. Mm -hmm. You throw on Prime, you throw on Hulu, you throw on Netflix, you have no idea what you're looking for. Stay away from that YouTube, that YouTube goblins running around (laughs) stuff. Although the, that's another Although one. you don't have to worry about the YouTube goblin I, I don't, anymore. I don't. You've watched Infinity War. Not, not, not for another nine months, right. And let's bring that up. Let's bring that up because right. I know that there are some fans of the show mm-hmm. who are either A, like really disappointed to uh, be pissed off that this show, especially this episode, airing the week of Infinity War... Mm-hmm did not have any kind of real direct connection. Mm-hmm. And it was just a throwaway line between the Candyman and Daisy during their their meeting. Have you seen the crazy shit that's going on over in New York? No, I don't watch the news. It always makes me nervous. That's all. That That's all that's been, been talked about. Well, he, here's the thing. Here's the great thing about that. And uh, again, no spoilers for Infinity War. Correct. But the events of Infinity War take place over several days. Several days go by from weird things happening in New York to the ending of the film, the crescendo. Mm -hmm. So we still have a handful of episodes. Mm -hmm. There can be more tie-ins as the season progresses. So I just want to tell all the fans out there, take a tip from good old Nick Hearn here. Don't set off the white hot hate just yet and just wait. Yeah, because don't, don't push option two. Right? Yeah, don't <laughs> push option two. Just wait for the wait, wait for, for the wait all for the of all option, of the mo- or, or the fifth option or the seventh option. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? And and taking that into effect, it's still a ten episode for yeah. me. I don't have to have my TV show make reference to the movies because guess what? That's what it. That's what it's been doing. That's what it's always been doing. Mm-hmm. It needs to be the vice versa. And I've said this till I'm blue in the face. So what? It's still a ten. 
we're still going to get a 10 episode unless they go out of their way to make a shit episode. I don't see us not having tens for the rest of this season. Yeah. And that's where we ask you guys, what would you rate this episode? Season five, episode 19, option two. Let us know what you think by going to our website over agentsofshield.tv. Click anywhere on the right-hand side, fill out the quick web form, and tell us what you think. Until next time, I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. We're thankful you were able to review this covert communication, reviewing the most recent episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a chronicle of the stories and soon-to-be legends on ABC. Be sure to tune in to our ongoing top-secret communication with agents all over the globe via our Facebook presence immediately. Facebook.com forward slash S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast to be the first to be made aware of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. news, the arrival of our newest reviews, and more. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, a super show for fans of superheroes. Uncover the mysteries, critical information, and reviews now by accessing agentsofshield.tv. That's agentsofshield.tv. End this top secret two guys talking communication. The weekend isn't even over. Did you see that? Uh, no, is it all kinds of gonzo yet? Oh, it's broken every record. Good. It's it's the number one movie for uh, an opening weekend, both domestically and globally. Wow, that's exciting. And Sunday's not even over yet. Yeah, I don't doubt that. That's why they moved the date up because because originally remember this was this weekend mm-hmm. it was only supposed to be globally not in the United States the simple fact that they did it everywhere that's how they can get these numbers and that's how they get to break records mm. brilliant on Disney's part <laughs>